quiet, please. I've told you that a dozen times. No, I can't prove it, of course not. You'll just have to believe me. Take my word for it. I can't prove he was dead. You can't prove he wasn't. And anyway, what difference does it make now? I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you very well. Yes. Well, all right. It was an old black hell of a house, a house that has lived too long, a house where the floors groaned in pain at night, where the windows shuddered at the gentlest touch of the wind, where door latches suddenly gave up their grip and let the night come sniffing into the house to paw at your eyes and wake you to the other silences that lay around you. It was never warm there. In the winter, old Heinz kept a fire going in the fireplace in the old sitting room, but the, the logs were scrawny and the draft was bad. And, and the flames seemed to grudge us their warmth so that we shivered all through the day. We're glad when night came and we could escape to the meager comfort of the drafty bedrooms. And in the summer, there was a dampness about the place, an unhealthy clamminess drifted from the walls and stirred uneasily among the ancient smells of decay that clung to the place. Well, I suppose you could call old Heinz a, a character. You said you didn't know him? An immigrant from the Rhineland sometime in the early 70s. Uh, that would make him, uh, let me see, how old? Ich war in Rheinland geboren. In the yard said, that's right, uh, 1862. He was an old man, but he never appeared old. You might have taken him for a vigorous man of 60. His hair and his scraggly mustache were jet black. I suspect he dyed them regularly. And his blue eyes seemed as keen as those of a boy of 18. And he'd never been away from the house for a single night, he used to say, from the day he bought it and moved into it in 1888. And it was an old house then. Yes, I spent some very dreary days and nights in that house. What? Huh? I couldn't afford a better place to live. Well, people don't go to live in a haunted house if they can find another place, you know. It did look like a haunted house. I've 
told you about the sounds in the night. I mean, I've told you about some of the sounds in the night. Yes, of course, there were other sounds. Well, please, let me tell it my own way. Well, Clarissa, for instance. Clarissa in particular. Clarissa, above everything else. I had lived there nearly a year. Heinz and I sat that first night alongside the fireplace. I remember he'd asked me to share a bottle of Ben Custler Doctor with him. We sat in front of the dingy little fire. There was a kerosene lamp on the table and Heinz in his old black coat with the sleeves that were too short. You like the wine then, Jesse? Yeah, very much. Very much. I have not much left. This is from before the war and it was easier to get, you see, but uh, now, well, it is almost to your last. <laughs> you shouldn't be so generous with it, Heinz. Oh, no, no. Good wine always respect better than with a friend you drink any more. Uh, a little more? <laughs> Not for a moment, thanks. Yes, to sit by the fire and look down into the coals and see images of the things past. And drink wine and see the images grow clearer. Ah, it is good in the old age. You've lived here alone for a long time? Yeah, for a long time. Long, long time. I'm used to it. Used to the lights and the little fire. And the silences. Yes. It is cold for this time of the year. Now listen. What's it, Louis? I thought I heard someone singing. So? Did you hear anything? It is Clarissa. What did you say? Clarissa, my daughter. Oh, I didn't know you had a daughter, Heinz. Yes. Uh, Mr. Mulvine. Uh, no, thanks. I... I haven't seen her around. No. Well, is she... Excuse me, Heinz. Uh, you will forgive me, Jesse. Uh, she's a child. I do not wish you to be bothered. Why, she wouldn't bother me, Heinz. I like children. Uh, there's enough left here in the bottle for one more for each of us, huh? Of the little girl singing to herself in the night, 
They've not known that a little girl lived here, too. Yeah, that's the ghost. And I smiled again at superstitions. And another idle thought struck me. I wondered at the child's age. Ten or twelve years old by the sound of her voice. And somewhere in the back of my drowsy mind, I seem to remember that Heinz had told me Helena, his wife, had died... Well, was it the year of the San Francisco earthquake? Well, that would be 1906. That would be 42 years ago. Hence, was a child of 10 or 12. I must have been mistaken. I was getting sleepy. The wine, the rain. The dark. I must not be disturbed. 
I might stay in my room day and night with my slide rules and my profile paper and my broken flower pot full of sharpened pencils. And I was not to be disturbed. But how many times I wished for the happy sound of my little sister Miriam's gay laughter. Found myself listening for the lilt of the little girl song that she used to sing. And that Clarissa knew too. Heinz mentioned Clarissa occasionally. I sometimes wish that I could have sent Clarissa to school, Jesse. Well, it's too bad you didn't. Mm, always there was never enough money. Or... Why, there are schools. Public schools, Heinz. No, not for Clarissa's free schools. You know, I wonder... Wonder? Well, you know, uh, children are supposed to go to school. I'm surprised that the school authorities haven't been to see about sending her. The police? Oh, no, not the police. But there are laws about schools. I mean, you might find yourself in trouble if they discover you have a daughter of school age. They will come here. Well, if they find out. Jesse, you will not tell. Well, now, look here, Heinz. Uh, you're not being fair to the child. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, really, I mean it. Uh, hasn't she ever been to school? Well, I, I teach her a little. Well, Heinz, uh, it's none of my business. But you're doing her a very serious harm. No, no. Listen, Jesse. You don't tell anybody about them. Well, I don't know, Heinz. If they come and ask me... Jesse, listen. I tell you something. Well? Clarissa can't go to school. Well, why not? I, I told you it doesn't cost anything. It is not that. Well, then? She's, she's not well. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Heinz. Uh, look, uh, would you like it if I gave her a little of my time and, and taught her some of the elementary... No, no, please, don't. Well, I'd be glad to. No. Well, have it your way, Heinz. I don't mean to intrude on your affairs, but after all, uh, a child... I'm sorry, Jesse. I thank you, but... No. All right. Forget it.
question about the child laid hold of my mind. In the night, how often I heard her sobs, I thought, sometimes close outside my door. And yet when I opened the door, there was nothing. And old Heinz grew more and more taciturn. He never spoke of his daughter. He seemed to avoid me by day and to disappear by night. But the summer came then, in the fall... You, Clarissa? Do you like it? Good. Happy Christmas. I'm I'm sorry, that's all I could get you. But I hope you like it. I felt more. 
pleased with myself as I realized that this was what had been plucking at the corners of my mind. And I was happy now that I knew she really lived, that I was not living in the midst of fantasy. I had wondered what Heinz would say. He was perfectly natural about it. It was good of you, Jesse. Good? What? To find a gift for Clarissa. Oh, <laughs> did you like it? Ah. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, she asked me to say, Dankeschön to you. Well, then I say, Bitteschön. Ah, it is good. You're a kind person, Jesse. I wish it could have been more. Oh, it is a very rich gift. Never has she had such a thing. <laughs> uh, is she going to have Christmas dinner with us, Heinz? No. I don't remember any too well. 
And at night I went to bed to lie shivering for hours, straining my ears for a sound. The sound of a child's song. The sound of a father's footstep in the cold darkness. And it was morning, nearly morning. Gray fingers of morning plucking at the frost-rhymed windows. And I awoke to see Hines standing beside my bed. In the two days, he seemed to have aged 20 years. He was an old, old man. He spoke to me. Jesse, my friend. What's the matter, I know much matter, Jesse. I am dying. Why, Heinz? It is finished now, Jesse. Unless it's horrible. Here, uh, uh, sit down. No, no. Hear me. before he died. He died there in my room, yes. What? Oh, yes. In the little half-light, I found the kerosene lamp and I lit it. I took the key from the floor where he dropped it. No. I found the room very easily. It was at the far end of the hall. I called. Clarissa?
plays for tonight was called Clarissa. And the man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And Heinz was played by Bruno Vick. Clarissa by Peggy Stanley. As usual, music for choir, please, is by Albert Berman. Now, a word from our writer-director, Willis Cooper. The characters in tonight's quiet place are neither living nor dead. They enjoy neither of these interesting conditions because they're solely the invention of my own imagination intended to represent nobody at all. Quiet place for next week is called 13 and 8.